Symbols of nature take various forms in the myths and legends around the world, but some of them have common themes. Today, master storyteller Jonathan Crook joins us as we explore one of the most common ones in a tale from the Catskills in New York's Hudson Valley. Are the lights on? Good. Welcome to Listen with the Lights On. I'm Jessica Blaustein Marshall. And I'm Patrick Garrett. The story of the cherry tree deer, found, among other places, in a book of tall tales by Frank DeMond. Now, once upon a time in the Catskills, a young man proved his mettle by knowing his gun. He wouldn't get it till he was at least uh, 13 or 14, but the age wasn't important. It was how well could he handle that weapon. Now, a young fellow, I'll call him Frank, received his gun, but his father gave it to him in pieces, and the lad had to spend hours and hours puzzling the thing together before he even had a hope of using it. And then, once he had the gun together, his father only went out with him, and they'd bring bullets and the powder that you needed in the day to fire. They'd fire at little targets they would set up deep in the woods. But Frank... He was itching to get his hands on bullets to go off on his own like a real man and, and hunt and bring something home for the family. But it seemed it just was not happening. Till one splendid late spring day, in the Catskills bloomed the wild cherries. When they ripened, young Frank found his sisters, his mother, his grandmother, sitting round a table outside with a bushel of cherries. Grandma could stick her thumb in and pluck out the pit and let the pit, it seemed, fly into one pile and the cherry would go into the next. And Frank wanted some of those cherries and they would slap his hands and say, oh no, it's for the winter when we need a fine sweet treat. And then they slipped him a bowl of the pitted cherries. Well, looking at that basket with the pits, it put a little idea into Frank's head, which soon grew. He said, can I take some of these? And they said, sure, why not? I don't know what you're up to, but it better be something of good. Oh, it is, he said. And off he went. He knew Grandfather stashed gunpowder someplace in the shed. Well, Frank went to that place, found the powder, swiped it, slipped off into the woods of those fairy tale mountains, the Catskills. Then he found the cherry pits fit down the barrel of his gun, and with a little powder in there, he could shoot at targets he had set up. Well, in the midst of this little gunnery practice, Frank spied a deer, and was as if instinct overtook him. He turned his gun, and boom, he fired one of the cherry pits, and it struck the creature right in the head. Well, kind of horror-stricken, for he found he had wounded the creature, he runs over and found a fawn. And Frank, oh, his heart dropped, and he looked at the creature, and it was bleeding right down over its a little muscle there. And he saw a little hole had been made from where he'd fired the cherry pit, and in that hole right between the deer's eyes, the pit remained lodged. Frank wanted to grab the deer and gouge it out, but the wily, wild creature leapt and bolted away. Well, Frank went back and told his father what had happened, and the father thought it was some kind of a tall tale until the following spring, 
reports began to come in of a peculiar deer wandering round in the Catskills. It had an antler growing right from between its eyes. And when another year had gone by and reports began to come in of a deer with a, well, a blooming cherry tree, people had to dismiss the story, but those who witnessed this said, I couldn't make this up. It, it, you'll, you'll see it. And others did begin to see through the Catskills a young buck with a blooming cherry tree growing right between its eyes. Well, this became a marvel for people to see, and of course, though the hunters could have used the meat, oh, it was considered a, a, a token of honor to have witnessed the cherry tree deer, and soon people took it upon themselves to say, Oh, I'm blessed! I saw the cherry tree deer, that little tree in full bloom, right up on the round top or down below in the Susquehanna Valley. And year after year after year, folk reported seeing the cherry tree deer or expressed a deep longing to again clap their eyes upon that spectacle. And even though now it's been years and years since the deer's demise, if you will, receiving that cherry pit right in its noggin, people in the Catskills continue to claim that deer wanders about, perhaps, well, how else, than as a spirit. And if you happen to clap your eyes upon it, consider it not a frightful apparition, but rather an auspicious blessing given to you by the Catskills as they rise up fairy tale mountains from our Hudson River, the cherry tree deer. I find that one really interesting because I, you often see in a lot of tales, there's deer with massive antlers and sometimes yes. there's whole forests in them and yeah. It's interesting, and that spans across cultures. You see it over in Japan, um, yes, and you know Eastern and Western Europe, and the Americas. What do you think makes that so universal? Oh, it's an interesting question. I I think it's the wonder, I guess, of the and the renewal. You know, deer will lose their their antlers, and then it will grow back, and so people, no doubt, will begin to see forests growing in the deer's antler, and of course. Uh, there's a wondrous story, I believe, from, from Germany and other parts of a deer with a cross, a crucifix growing from its skull. Yeah. If you've ever had Jägermeister, as I have on certain occasions, just to freshen up my voice a bit, it has on the bottle the deer with a cross on it. But yeah, it's, it is uh, quite compelling, and the, the origins, no doubt, are in this bit of renewal that uh, the deer's antlers represent. I love the whole idea behind it and everything. Where did you say this one was? Well, I first encountered it in, a, in an, an anthology written by Frank Demond, D-U-M-O-U-N-D. Uh, it's just called Tall Tales of the Catskills. It, I think it came out maybe not all that long ago, really, but it has other tales, but that's the, uh, the lead story in the book, and it's just, uh, again, an enchanting tale, and I use the phrase fairy tale mountains, the Catskills, because that's how Washington Irving described them when he, of course, began Rip Van Winkle, another 
stories of the Catskills. You said that people can often see the apparition of the cherry tree deer out around the Catskills everywhere. Yeah, it's it's curious, but I find whenever I tell these stories in different settings, inevitably someone will come up and say, oh, either that they've experienced it or their father's father did or that it's not too far removed from our our present time. And here I am thinking, oh, I'm just kind of relating a bit of folklore or a fairy tale, but then verification comes up as well. The deer, too, just represents so many wonderful things, this free-spiritedness, this uh, creature dashing round and about and eluding um, hunters, even though it can provide uh, for people. And even to this day, the deer are like that, and there is something a bit pesky about them, too, mm-hmm. but also majestic. If you know, When you see a buck... Um, you know, the antlers ima- immediately catch your imagination and to see a forest there or perhaps a cherry tree or a, or a, or a, or a cross all are so close to our, our spirit. So it's compelling. Oh, that's a great story. Yeah. Thanks for joining us. Listen with the Lights On is a production of WAMC. Our theme music is Grizzly Reminder by Midnight Syndicate. For more spine-tingling tales, make sure to subscribe to our podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, or the Google Play Store. For this week's episode of Listen with the Lights On, I'm Patrick Garrett.